I'm dating Champagne Urbana. Champagne Urbana is my boyfriend that I see once every three months for a weekend. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. Today, I have Vivian McConnell, which you may know as Vivi Lightbody, and we're going to be talking about her song, Maha, from her album, Bathing Peach. Vivian, welcome to the show. Hello. Wonderful. Um, you may know Vivian from, as I said before, uh, Vivi Lightbody. Um, she was also in Santa, Grandkids. Let's just dive right into Tamaha and give her a listen, and then we'll talk about it. And, you know, here we go. Okay.
Welcome back. Um, I had to look it up because I didn't know off the top of my head that maha means pest in Spanish. Oh. Or is that not the right word? That is not the... It may mean pest. Uh-huh. Um, I would be really curious to see what country they use that 
in oh. because you know Spanish in different countries, different things, mm-hmm. you know, different yeah. same words mean different things. In but in the context that I'm using it is something very different. Ah. So I hope this doesn't color all. Of no, your, okay. no, no, no. I I think that's what's kind of interesting is just uh, yeah. Um, basically, it didn't really it didn't say which country it was from. It was just Google Translate that said. It just said pest, and I was I'm like, so curious so about weird. that. I'm so curious. Well, what was the what was so, the context? Um, I studied abroad in Spain, and I was living with this host family, um, um, of this wonderful woman named Rosa, and she kept I kept hearing this word maha, like oh, like uh-huh. you know, she they would say like she's a maha, or like you know, es una maha, and I was like, you know, what is that? Like, what does that mean? And uh-huh. it means like a very genuine beautiful person not beautiful as in looks but just like very kind um caring person like they're just like a good person like una maha that is completely the opposite of (laughs) it's funny because in spain well really quick there's a little tangent no great Um, i don't want to say a bad word but i will try to explain it. oh this is this is feel free to just let it rip if you if you want or however you want to Okay, cool. Well, this is just, this is like, you know, I'm kind of, I love like etymology and I love thinking about the origins, you know, of, of, and how different words mean different things in places. Um, in, in Spain, the verb coger means to kind of like take or to grab. So like, or, you know, you can use it. I hear it all the time. And my host mom would always be like, you know, take the bus, you know, and use the verb coger. But in Mexico and maybe other countries in South America, it means to fuck. So like, it's a very, it's, you know, um, kind of funny because (laughs) Maha, yes, Maha is like a very genuine, kind person um, and a a descriptor of of somebody. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It does change the context once again. Yeah. I guess our my standard question is always so what comes first do you do you start off with like a melody or do you start off with words This song um I like to call it kind of the Frankenstein on the record as in it was very one of the songs that was very stapled together because this one I had a verse idea and a chorus idea and then there was like an outro and an intro and the intro of the song kind of came about because I accidentally left a guitar on and just like leaning yeah. up against an amp and it was mic'd and it was making this oh. crazy feedback and it was it was rolling and i said to my engineer uh dan pearson um, who's amazing i was like dan like let's let's use the rhythm of that for the intro and so i'm just singing over it and so that's kind of how that started but this song i mean i i, I it's kind of a chicken or the egg situation uh-huh. i don't really remember what came first because it's been so long but i would say probably the verse section so it would be that the words came first on that or i think i probably wrote this chord progression and then okay. had this idea that i saw a version of you um oh, yeah. kind of theme and then i went from there so uh is there a particular story behind this it was a really interesting time in my life i had just i was 22 about to graduate college from university of illinois from spain so i was kind of one of those weird situations or i guess lucky situations where i wanted to study abroad so bad but because Uh i had toured so much with santa and grandkids 
there was never a time to do it. Summer is such a good time for touring. Going for a whole semester didn't seem feasible for me. And I needed nine more hours, credit hours to graduate. And I found a program in Bilbao, Spain, where I could enroll in nine hours as a senior. So it was a really bizarre time because I was just going through a lot, a lot of growth. And also I was the oldest one in my program. It was a bunch of, you know, freshmen and sophomores. And I just, I remember being, I loved a lot of them, but I just remember looking at them. This is maybe a little like adultist or something, but I was just like, you're so young. Like after this, I'm not even going to live in Urbana anymore. I'm moving to Chicago. Mm. I'm literally graduating from this program. And I feel like they were kind of bright eyed and bushy tailed. And <laughs> yeah, so I was living in, in Spain and it was in Bilbao is this amazing small town, only two train lines. It, there's like a river that runs through it. There's mountains and it's right by the ocean. So it's just, it's perfect. I dream about it. The Guggenheim is there. Mm. Um, one of them uh, yeah, is one of them. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of made this small group of friends and, you know, I didn't have a phone plan when I went there. For some reason, I chose not to do that or I just didn't want to like pay for it. It's like so much money, right? And neither did a lot of my friends or they just got kind of like burner phones or mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell them or call them. Sorry, this story is taking a long time, but it's I think no, it's good it's to great. set up. It's good to set up the background, which is, you know, I had this small group of friends just some ladies from all parts of the country, you know, because it's uh -huh. people from different universities coming to study in Spain. We would make these plans to meet up and we would, you know, basically send a message via Wi-Fi in our host family's yeah. homes and be like, I will meet you at this park bench at this time o'clock. And there was just these moments where somebody wouldn't get the message or like plans would change or somebody would miss a train. And it was kind of scary because, you know, I would just be waiting, you know, uh -huh. it felt like the past. I would just be waiting on this park bench for my friend, you uh -huh. know, to come and find me to meet up for the day or the night. There was this one friend in particular who we kept seeing each other. We were trying to meet up but uh -huh. we would always meet up in the wrong spot. So I act like I accidentally would run into her on my way to meeting her. And so it kind of felt like this weird dream world. Mm -hmm. um, and also I think I spent, I was spending a lot of time. So that's kind of like one part of the story is just like seeing people and kind of being in this different city, seeing all these people running into people, you know, and don't know. And very, very bizarre. The other thing is also about, it's about seeing doppelgangers of people back home it was kind of my first time living out of the country you know it was only five weeks but it felt like a long time and i would see people and think like oh that reminds me of this person back home and i started to kind of think about different variations of myself so like seeing a version of you especially because i was in this time of transition and i was thinking about my future a lot if that makes sense no that's i mean that's kind of the refrain that you pull back quite a few times with I saw a version of you and she was with a child and then I saw a version of you her nails were tightly filed mm -hmm. but then you also play with that I have aversions to her well I mean it, it honestly thinking about it that way too is interesting in the sense of it was a 
moment of self-discovery and I was spending a lot of time with myself. So maybe this, you know, nice, beautiful person that I'm referring to, which is kind of like, it could be anybody. Maha could be anybody. Um, It was based on a friend that I had there who (laughs) I remember she told me that she slept the whole flight from you know, New York to Madrid or something. Really? And I was just like... How, how long is that? I, I think nine. Nine or, hours? Yeah, nine. Mm-hmm. I, was, I mean, which is a full night's sleep, but I'm just like amazed by that because who can sleep on a plane? You know, if it is kind of like a pest, I guess the third verse is I have aversions to her. So, you know, I think that we all kind of get annoyed with ourselves and or the iterations of ourselves or, you know, Obviously, it's good to be true to yourself, but I think everybody can fit into different spaces throughout their day. This hit me as a as a like coming of age kind of thing, and maybe I assumed like based on you know you're younger and you had just graduated, and now you're exploring out in the world, and maybe that's just you know because I I feel like some of the stuff that you're doing with the the music program in Chicago. Oh, the nonprofit I work for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How do I, how do I put this? Like knowing, knowing that that was your, what you do and that in some ways it was like you had made a choice to follow and pursue the music and um, make that your career, that your focus and that kind of thing. And that's why when I, I heard, well, when I read the lyrics and I listened to the song, I thought, I didn't know if this was you talking about um, seeing seeing yourself in the... Uh, maybe I'll back up just a second. Is uh, I have this weird thing now, and always, I guess, where anytime... And, and the best way to equate it is anytime I'm in, a, in, in the car and I ha- have an almost accident... Yeah, this is a long tangent. Oh, my goodness. I'm here for I almost I almost perceive, like that at that point there are two events that just happened like there was i just wrecked and there's a whole new path that was created like that parallel uh, universe yeah thing. sure what is that called multiverse or Multi- whatever yeah, yeah, yeah whatever you want to call it but yeah. you know so i i kind of so yeah and it's actually i i wish it didn't creep me out as much as it because i think about that like i'm like oh my god i could have like that was that was scary, you know. Yeah. Well, and especially now that it's winter and you have like where you're like sliding on the ice or something oh like gosh, that, and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna die. Anyway, hopefully I'll edit that so it's not so long and I got winding. <laughs> but I kept seeing this as you kind of reflecting on these different, like, kind of multiverse. Like, if things were if things were different, if you had made different choices or if you had gone in a different direction, like as if you were looking in a mirror and seeing these different versions of you. And part of the reason that I thought of that is, you know, I saw a version of you, the the line where you keep going back to, it must have taken her a while, her a while. I almost see that as you had reflected back on that different version of you and you're like, what a waste of time. That's that's not where I should be, and I'm happy with where I am right now. Kind of is is what I was, what I was picturing. So um, that is, I think, very. Um, I think you make some good points, like very accurate in certain ways, which is that is very very close. I mean, it is kind of 
me thinking about <laughs> multiverse Vivian, oh. um, even though oh. I, it was inspired by seeing doppelgangers of my friends back in the States. But it is kind of like, you know, I saw a version of you and she was with a child. I was thinking a lot about, you know, I was in a relationship and, you know, for a lot of my young life, I wanted to have children and I'm I don't know, not really sure where I'm at with that. But, you know, I think this was just such a pivotal moment in my, it is kind of like a coming of age tale where I am thinking about all these paths. And the other one is, you know, a woman who is a, or a version of Vivian that is so much more like well kept. And, you know, that's kind of like thinking about like, oh, like she does her hair every day and it's like perfectly straight and this is this. And so, yeah, it is kind of exploring different variations of myself, but then also reflecting on who I truly am and not being sure if I am so into that all the time. Wow. <laughs> so you've, that's very, a really good analysis, Sven. Well, you know, I, I spent some time like <laughs> with this on repeat and right. I look at it. I mean, and the thing is, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface about what you're doing musically in right. this. Like, sure. yeah. I had a brief moment to like play along with it and, and like kind of analyze it that way. But your your musical style, how do I say, is, is um, sometimes... Uh, it doesn't even maybe i'm just looping this all back in with the song but do, it's like yeah. it doesn't sometimes it doesn't know what it wants to be like it it borrows from all different kinds of things and then cuz i'm like ah oh, this is this is a modern song but it using like some newer jazz chords but it also like goes back and uses some very straightforward like you could have even heard this in the classical period or, you know, I mean, like you're, sure. you're, um, yeah, sorry. No, no, on. no. I mean, I, I, I think you're right. And this is why I said earlier, kind of like the Frankenstein, you oh. know, the, the drum beat, the boom, da, da, ba, dum, kind of the, uh, 50 ways you'll leave your lover, um, oh. ish, <laughs> ish, um, no, that, but that, yeah, I could, you know, that. kind yeah. of that like really. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I'm really bad at describing rhythm. Um, but, you know, that kind of came. My friend Daniel helped write that part. Um, and, you know, drums were added later to the song. Like Drums were like kind of a later mm. addition, which this one is, it was all messed up. And I like, bless my engineer's heart <laughs> because he was so patient with it. And we like, I'm so stoked about what it turned into but then you know it switches to kind of like the bossa nova feel so i wanted it to be or i mean it is bossa nova mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i wanted it to be i mean i had also while living in spain i had this crazy brazilian phase which i'm still in all the time so i was t listening to a ton of bossa nova and like caetano and i wanted to write just like this beautiful chorus with a bossa feel kind of like magical sounding yeah <laughs> so it's like this it's like a journey and then have like the outro that the feel-good outro continuing the bossa feels but it is drawing from so many different places yeah it's it is it has a little bit of the bossa nova but a little shuffle and like you say that you have difficulty uh describing rhythm or drums or whatever but i i think that that uh that may be just because i just about every band that i can think of maybe San, santa is a little bit more like straight straightforward beats and and things but if we're going to talk about like complex rhythms speaking of like this guitars and and yeah. like that I was gonna it, say, it just changed <laughs> yeah grandkids just changing 
changing meter and and or even having a false change of meter where it's like you've gone from mm-hmm. you know straight four to like triplets within a straight four but yeah right but that's all uh, you know that's just is how grandkids has always been and and oh sorry no go ahead, go ahead go ahead oh no i was just thinking like how um it, how much did you influence grandkids sound and how or how much did grandkids influence the vv light body sound because there is it's i don't know who borrows from whom right it, you know um and but i wouldn't i would never <clears throat> i would never classify them as sounding the same but i feel like they reference each other they in do in so many ways yeah i mean so well vv is a lot of the vv songs on bathing peach are <laughs> reject grandkid songs and i i mean this in a this is like obviously is great because yeah. I'm stoked on this project. I kind of just was writing really soft songs, and grandkids started softer, as you know, Timeshare mm-hmm. kind of had a way more mellow vibe than this guitarist, which yeah. is, like, awesome, and I think you got to change as a musician. So once in a while, I would write these songs that were way more gentle, and I'm just like, you know, these are just too personal and too soft for mm-hmm. the direction that grandkids is going in. I'm going to save these for a solo project for my solo record. And that's kind of where Vivi was born. You know, songs that just didn't really fit into the new direction of grandkids. There's one song on this guitars that Evan wrote all of the melodies and all of the parts for, basically. Maybe not the drums, but he had an Mm. idea. So Evan came to grandkids with a fully written song and a melody. And so I had to fill in lyrics which was crazy and challenging and i loved it and i want to do that more often but you know that was all of the other songs were i mostly brought in the parts grandkids is always kind of with me in this way you know we're still playing actually we're probably going to practice soon grandkids just made me accept dissonance and weirdness (laughs) in music and with vivi i wanted to make really accessible music like to the, oh. the the common listener, which maybe sounds pretentious, but I mean people who just like are like, oh, this song is nice, you know, this song sounds nice to me, and so I mm-hmm. wanted to make a record that was like accessible and pretty, but with the weirdness of kind of mixed meter and kind of like yeah. some dissonance and chords that you don't really expect. So that's kind of where I think that grandkids is still like you know helping me as a musician i'm sorry i just had this visual of a parent trying to sneak in a piece of broccoli into into mac and cheese you know what i mean like (laughs) like here you go try to figure this you know like you just ate broccoli how do you feel about that right you know like and you seem to like it so exactly i'm like trying to like educate not educate but just be like yeah you hear that like that's not a chord that's in that key but i'm gonna play it anyway you know and you liked it because it felt okay you know let me make sure i i'm clear so the feedback or the the hum at the beginning that was what spurned how you were going to record the whole song or did you actually i just want to clarify so that i know well so i wanted the intro to be free and i wanted it to be kind of like i didn't want it to have a tempo or i kind of wanted it to be yeah just like i could sing the melody however i wanted to you know do 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 but i don't even know this is the thing is i think 
I knew that I wanted that to be free and but I was like let's just we'll make a drone I wanted a drone to happen but the drone had its own like you know and like and there was no tempo it was just like I accidentally left the guitar on really loud leaning against the amp and I was like Dan like let's let's get that you know and so and then it was super fun because we got to kind of you know, I got to stretch my vocals with it. And you, if you try to count it, there's no click or anything. I just had yeah. to really hear the, you know, so. Oh, so you didn't like loop that or anything. That's just one whole take of that. Okay. Of the guitar okay. feeding wow. back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, and then that's kind of, it spawned the rest. You just kind of went from there or. Yeah. I mean, well, sorry. I think we had already recorded the verse in the chorus section or at least the verse and i knew that i was like let's let's do the intro last or or more towards the end and so we yeah that's where some of like the stapling happened you know so the the frankensteining yeah the frankensteining yes that's awesome Mm Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. You've been away from you've been away from the Champaign Urbana area for five six years. It's been that long. Oh my goodness. Okay, five and a half. Okay, that that's that's okay then. <laughs> um, and now you're living in Chicago. I live in Chicago. I guess we can compare and contrast because I mean, there's there's both music scenes and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that they all have their own specific charm and anti-charm as it were um so hexes yeah so i mean tell me a little bit about the chicago scene and then then tell me how much it makes you miss the champagne urbana scene (laughs) right (laughs) see what i did there i did yes i (laughs) do okay it took me until probably two years ago to feel like i found a spot in the Chicago music scene in this weird way. Even before I was living in Chicago, Santa was performing there and doing moderately well. You know, it's just so big and there's so much happening and it is a really awesome scene right now. Like the amount of talent in Chicago is just mind blowing. Hmm. And I think people are starting to catch on to that. You know, the focus traditionally has been on New York and LA, but I think a lot of people and the industry are turning their heads, turning their heads to Chicago, which is very cool. And I feel lucky because I feel like I have this little secret scene Uh of Champaign-Urbana. And a lot of people in Chicago, they're like, oh, you're always going back to Champaign-Urbana. What's 
what's there for you? And I have a lot of answers for them. And I say it's a tight-knit music community. I have a lot of friends who still live there. And I have people who have seen me basically start as a musician and grow into the person I am today. And so it's kind of this a little see it, it's not a secret I mean I talk to people about it a lot but it's kind of one of those things where I, do, I don't think people really understand the connection that I have with Champaign-Urbana and also a lot of people go to college start a band then move to a different city and they never go back or they don't have those connections and I think because of I'm very lucky but like Santa you know made a footprint here and then grandkids were here and that was like a course of like eight years rather than like four because you know santa is quite a little bit older than grandkids so i think i'm just really lucky that i was in the scene long enough where not only did we make an impact but we remained close with a lot of people in the scene we nurtured that and we came back and were able to play champagne urbana i mean i'm able to play champagne urbana today and you know still have a crowd and friends and it's really it's a beautiful thing and i do feel like even all these years later people will still think about grandkids and they they know who grandkids are and Mm -hmm. and santa and like if i were to say like an institutional memory i don't think that's the right term but i mean i do feel like it does it does continue we don't just dismiss people there's a sense of like you can can come back and it's it's an amazingly supportive community that i kind of feel like that couldn't happen anywhere else that would be if if champagne urbana were to like double in size i don't think that it would be possible for it to do what it does even though we have the university that causes this kind of transient nature to to bands um, you'll have musicians that come through and then they will uh play in a band or they'll start a band and then uh either either like one of the band members will like break off and stay in town and then form another band so it's like it's like they never the original band never dies because there's always that reference back to and it, right. it kind of i just i think that's really unique there's there's like this generational thing of course the generations are much shorter and they're only like two to three years right. kind of thing and then it just rotates but there's there's ones that stick around yeah but, and um and yeah. I don't know why I was thinking about this and and I don't know if this is true, but I think that Santa and grandkids were bands in Champagne Urbana at a really good time. And I think that that was one of maybe the flows up of mm. of a lot of live bands and a lot of people being really active about going to shows. You know, Mike and Molly was just like was the place to be. Um, and I think it was a really good time for the music scene. I think that maybe after I left Champagne Urbana, I'm not saying because this happened because I left, but from what I talked to some people, like it may be dipped back down, but I'm seeing a rise again. And Mm -hmm. I I feel that rise. And I think there's a lot of cool things happening on the scene right now. So I think there is, you know, consistent with the transient nature of like, you know, the college there is in all scenes, there's kind of an ebb and flow, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, remember champagne urbana in the 90s <laughs> i'm just kidding i have i no. literally cannot no. speak on that but i i know that there's a, a lot of history in that but i just think the community is always there and i think if you want to stay close with a town and this is for like any touring musicians like you have to maintain relationships and i feel really lucky you know jake metz 
big big guy on the scene stayed in Champaign-Urbana and so he was a really great reason to come back and do things with him and you know I don't know it's it's really interesting you just kind of you have to nurture really it's like a friendship you know yeah. I have to nurture this friendship <laughs> yeah relationship yeah. I guess absolutely yeah. I'm dating Champaign-Urbana what would what would you like to see like change I mean uh, I do feel like the change in the availability of certain venues, you know, Mike and Molly's kind of, I, I can't believe how much of a hole that made, but it is amazing to see like certain other places cropping up, like, you know, the IMC and Blackbird and yeah. some of the, some of the more, it felt like lesser known, like places in Urbana mm-hmm. are really kind of stepping up and filling that void, which I think is kind of neat. But I mean... What what would you what, if there'd be something to change? What would what I, would you love to see? I really like the. I think venues. Okay, bringing up venues is really good, um, and I think there's a lot of places, you know, like the IMC is like that place has been there forever, and just making that more of a staple of a venue. And you know, it was great. I played Pygmalion last year, 2018, which was awesome with Frankie Cosmos. It was awesome. It was like in the IMC, the room was completely full. I've never seen mm-hmm. it that full in my time in Champaign-Urbana. So places like that and, you know, maybe making places that already exist that people go to regularly more focused on music. That's an idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was at Rose Bowl last night and it was part of the Falcon Winter yeah. Falcon Roots Winter Fest, you know, and, and Charlie and Sam and Cody put that on and it was just awesome. It was so cool. And there's so many people and everybody was having just a blast. So I don't know, just like, I think just making comfortable spaces where people can come and hear quality music. And I think that Champagne is already really good at doing that. But it was, I mean, it was pretty brutal when we lost Mike and Molly's, you know, that's just such a, I think about those stairs a lot. You know, I have so many fond yes. memories at that venue. I'm I'm trying to think though. Well, I'm thinking of the beer garden too. I mean, oh it, yeah, it, it all had. But I do remember when it would be they would be putting on two or three shows, like during the week upstairs in winter. Like I just, man, I saw so many really good, just local, and then touring kind acts. of touring. Yeah, touring bands that would just. Yeah, I saw this band who I really love called Pure Bathing Culture there. Yeah, um, I don't know if you're at that show, but I just like you know <laughs> to see them on that stage was so special. And who did they play with? Jeez, I do not remember. No, oh, okay, because um, I would I would remember it the other way around. Right, but. right. Um, but I don't know. I think what could Champagne Urbana do better? I mean, I think it's all about the community recognizing the talent that is in this town, the talent that has always been in this town, the people making things happen to expose more art, you know? And I think I think in Chicago, there's so much stuff going on all the time. It's really easy to find that. In Champaign-Urbana, I think that people can kind of take... I'm talking about people as in, like, citizens the citizens of Champaign-Urbana yes like might take all of the cool things for granted you know what I mean like I but that's I feel this way about every scene I think that I wish way more people went to shows when's the last time somebody was just like you know especially if it's let's just say it was like a house show or something Mm -hmm. where it wasn't specifically like a business that might be taking their cut but 
when's the last time somebody came and and was like okay i know the cover is like five bucks but here's 10 and you know what if if you don't have the funds there's other ways to support bands but the idea that that we should be a community that supports one another and not necessarily always monetarily but somehow you know realize that you have something of value i guess i just think back of you can't sometimes you can't just give away something for free because people may not take it because they won't value it until they actually buy even if you charge a dollar you know like if you give them interesting if you make them charge a dollar then it gives it value but i also think sometimes you have to be willing to assign a value in your own head about that that music and what it means and what all the hours that especially if it's original music hours that went into developing that and and making it happen and like well and luckily though i mean because champagne urbana is filled with a ton of musicians i feel like you know people really do see that value at least people coming to shows, you know, who are musicians. Um, it, it does kind of drive me crazy, too. And this is just every scene. This is not just specific to Champaign-Urbana, but kind of drives me crazy when people are like, oh, like 10 bucks, your show's 10 bucks. Like, oh, I can't I can't afford that. I'm like, okay, that's totally fine. And then they'll like go out and spend like $50 at a bar, you know? And it's just like, that is really, that is really tough. I under, I mean, I get it. I've been there. It's just weird. I, I want, I want our society to value art and music. And I mean, I guess music is art, but art more. I want people to value humanities more. And I don't know how to change that except for to keep doing what I'm doing as genuinely as, as possible. And, you know, cause that's kind of all you can do sometimes um, without right. wearing yourself out. I think that, you know, I'm hoping that just by, yeah, doing what I love and valuing music myself um, and also like maybe raising my, not, not my expectations, but my standards a little bit more as a musician has been really big for me and in saying no and asking for more money just so I can support myself, you know, and keep doing, you know, spreading the good word, I guess, spreading the VVs. A while back, you had posted something about, you said, um, don't tell me that you're like attracted to me as I'm getting off the stage or something like that. (laughs) And first of all, you're very well-spoken and I feel like this is something that would be important to like address a little bit. So I don't, and I didn't know if, if, Oh, I can use this. I'll talk about it all day. (laughs) So a while back, and I don't know if it was Instagram or it was, uh, well, let's just say a while back on the social medias, uh, you had posted something about as a request, don't approach me and tell me that you're, you're attracted to me as I'm leaving. Um, my the set that i just finished just say something like good job or i liked your set or something like that don't right and i was wondering if you'd be interested in just kind of talking about that as as um just a musician that it it sounds like you may deal with that a little yeah the irritation was was uh it happens frequently and you know i was talking about the importance of doing what i'm doing genuinely and how i think that's really important to like try to help people see the value in art but i also think doing what i'm trying to say is that being a woman in music is 
incredibly difficult sometimes and i don't know if you just saw all the ryan adams stuff but let's not get into that right now he, oh god but yeah. but you know so much of that i can relate to and i'm very lucky that i have not dealt with anything that extreme and i don't know you know if that's circumstantial but it happens all the time getting off stage and you know somebody will just comment on my on my body or like ask me out or you know and it's just it's super disrespectful in this way where one i consider this my profession that i or um, what i was <laughs> i want it to be my profession where i can get paid from it but you know it's a profession yeah. where I don't get paid very much, but I'm a professional. So I consider myself, this is like, it is something I love to do, but it's also like my job. And I take my, it's like also very emotionally draining and play, performing is something that I take really seriously. So, you know, preset, first of all, like I'm kind of an, a mess because I'm in my head about the performance. And then after my set, it is a time I'm not, you're not completely done especially as an independent musician, I don't have anybody to take off my gear from the stage. Right. You know, there's like yeah. a lot of, just like give me at least 20 minutes to, first of all, bad taste to just like, you know, ask somebody out immediately when they exit the stage. And second of all, it's just, I don't know. I just, I think it's really, you know, I just, I've, it makes me feel objectified and, and hmm. like maybe not listen to when that happens and it feels really frustrating just like try to be my friend that's all you know it's like and that's just like basic respect and i think yeah. i just think people i don't know i just think people aren't very good at that stuff sometimes and it's just been kind of a frustrating experience but i just kind of have to set pretty hard bound boundaries you know it's it would seem ludicrous for somebody if if you're like oh by the way you, you were just you were just amazing in that in that business meeting. So I'm just going to, as, as you're packing up everything, I'm just going to go ahead and like tell, you know, start, start hitting on you. Right. It's yeah. Like, and it's like, n but that doesn't, yeah, I know. It doesn't yeah. Make it's just, yeah, it's about boundaries and it's, you know, I think a lot of it is just, you know, people have social anxieties and I try to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, in, in certain ways. But, um, also, there's just, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of it is just about respect. And so I'm just like learning, you know, I feel really lucky too. I played in, you know, with Santa and grandkids. I was surrounded by friends all the time who were, you know, who kept me you know, we're always on the lookout for that. And I played in a band with my older brother. <laughs> so, you know, if I was ever in a weird situation, I was like, oh, you know what? Let me go. I got to go talk to my brother, right. you know, um, which was really or, you know, um, yeah, it, that was really nice to have. But I don't know. I just think that women have to work so much harder in the music industry and I mean, I'm so busy and I'm so focused on my music all the time. And, you know, I just, it doesn't feel equal right now. I think it's getting closer to that, but mm. it, and I think there's, 
I'm so elated about all of the music being put out by by women right now. Um, you know, same goes for, you know, people of color and queer artists. I identify as a woman, so I'm, you know, that's like something right. I think about that. And that is actually yeah. something Vivi Lightbody is a very feminine project on purpose. It's almost like I wanted it to be like almost outwardly or like over over feminine hyper feminine overtly overtly feminine yeah i mean I all all of this all of the things because this is how i identify and like being a woman is very frustrating but also like really powerful and, and beautiful and it's kind of one of those projects where i was like i want it to be feminine and in the ways that i feel like or what femininity is to me, if that makes sense. Or maybe society. Oh, geez, I'm, I'm thinking about it too hard. I'm in my head about femininity. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening. Located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. What's your favorite non-musical thing? The ones that come to mind are food, but specifically traditional foods, pre-industrial revolution foods, like ancient, you know, indigenous foods or, you know, before the white Western diet hit. I'm talking before refined sugar, before refined white flour. I'm really into fermentation and raw foods so like i drink raw milk straight from the farm you know we're kind of out in the country right now um makes me think of that you know foods that are nutrient dense and foods that are prepared and put putting in time into preparing foods correctly i'm very interested in that i'm interested in or sustainable foods in that way um and that's always just been something i really love and my mom and i she's kind of a healing food specialist and you know she makes kefir and gets eggs straight from the farms and I grew up in the country and there's just like a lot of things that we do like cod liver oil liver you know we eat our organ meats we eat like just very healthy foods that are sustainably grown raised etc so I'm very I'm very interested in that and that's kind of yeah, I'm, I make sauerkraut really. I'm a big sauerkraut fan. I'm actually making a ginger kraut right now, which I'm probably going to, well, it's probably almost ready. But so yeah, I love that world. I think it's really interesting because I really think that people forget that what you are putting in your body is what your body is made out of. And I think we're a, a very sick world right now. 
It's a yeah. lot of sick people mm. and more more so than ever, even though like obviously modern medicine has gotten way better. But I don't know. I just feel like everybody's sick all the time and with mm. more than just colds, you know. Um, yeah. So I'm really interested in that. That's one thing. Another thing is, well, Spanish. I speak Spanish fluently. I studied mm. Spanish. I think it's just like such a beautiful language. And um, I read in Spanish and I I love Spanish film and a lot of Spanish literature and poetry. And so that's one thing. Number two. And then number three, I love to swim. I love water. I love being in water. I love swimming laps. It's like my my zen, my meditation. So I'm, I'm a, I've been a swimmer my whole life. My dad threw me in the pool at like two and a half. And I've just... Yeah, I've been a swimmer my whole life and I'm so drawn to water. Do you do, you do like short distance or do you like long distance? Long distance. Or? I mean, I guess right now it's like however long I can. You have time you know. for yes. kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. But, but also, you know, I'm so busy that sometimes it's just like a half an hour, but it's also just really good in the winter too, you know, to hop in a warm, warm-ish pool, get your blood oh. moving. I mean, yeah. it's kind of just like, you know, it's exercise. It does good things for your brain, but there's something about water that is, it's quiet and I'm with myself and I'm mm. just in, in the zone. Do you switch up the strokes or do you, do you I just do I switch like, up. Yeah. Oh, you I, do? I like okay. to do, yeah, freestyle and breaststroke are my two faves. Food, Spanish swimming Vivian, thank you so much for being on the show and like I just I, I really enjoyed just sitting down and just chatting with you about your song Maha and your process and like all that went into your album Bathing Peach mm -hmm. and um I really look forward to are you already working on something new and awesome. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, excellent. But thank you thank for you. coming out. This and is great. um, you know, I hope I hope the roads stay good for you yeah, and, and have yeah. a safe journey back. Yeah. Can I say, I just remembered one quick fun oh, fact about yeah. Maha, which is there is an instrument. It is kind of hard to hear in there, but it's in there. Um, an instrument that is very specific to Champaign-Urbana to me. Um, well, specific to Peru, but it's a charango is oh, in yeah. there. And it's because I had Tom Torino, Champaign-Urbana oh, yeah. legend as my music World Music 133 class. He was my, my professor and there was a unit on Peruvian music, like traditional Andean music. And I was obsessed. And I asked oh, for a charango yeah. for my birthday when I was 19. Wow. So, but it's so beautiful and it makes this awesome texture, especially like, it, and it's in there. That's a little fun, very specific to Champaign-Urbana, like lore. That's great. <laughs> you know, I didn't, and, yeah. I was going to say like, uh, Kate, Kate Hathaway. Hathaway. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think about the Hathaways. And, right. You know, I think she started a Trongo company. What? Oh, gosh. I need to like. Yeah, we yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, no, no, no. I was yeah. just saying like, uh, there's, uh, there's only so much I can learn from like seeing people <laughs> yeah. on social medias. Right. I need to actually like talk to them in person. Yes. And that's what I love about this show. Yeah. Thank you so um, much for having me. Sven. Sure. Definitely. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. 
This is Vivian McConnell from the bands Vivi Lightbody, Santa, and Grandkids reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. podcast brought to you by topo chico um hold on one second topo topo burp that was deep you can put that in there if you want put some reverb and delay on it you almost have an npr voice it's so good Side.